From all of us here at 96.7 K Country on the Sports Blitz, uh, we send out our thoughts and prayers to Alex Miller, the young football player who collapsed there in the first quarter at the Roan County Raiders football game. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and all those associated in this horrible tragedy. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Roan County High School and those affiliated. Everybody circling his vultures, negative, nepotist. Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. And welcome everybody. Week four of the Blitz. I'm Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck. We'd like to say welcome back to Kelly Gamble. He had that bye week. He good had to be a bye here. Week. I, had, I had a very good reason. I'm sure you did. But now we're looking for Aaron Host. There's, he took a bye week this he, week. He's taking a bye week as well. I don't know. Chris, it, you're next, aren't you, next no, week? No. <laughs> me take a week off during football season? You're crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, you always got to have a bye week in the in the football season. Some teams even have two two byes in a, in a season. Hardest working man in radio in Preston County right here. That's right. <laughs> Afternoon, DJ. Host of the Sports Blitz. Yep. Got lots going on. Yes, you do. Hey, guys. What a difference a, ma- a week makes, right? It does. Absolutely. We're sitting in here last week like the sky is falling after we just got totally annihilated, demoralized by Missouri. You roll into this NC State game. Now, Neil and Aaron still had hope for him. They did. Kelly and I, I was off the bandwagon. Yeah, you guys were kind of done with them. I wasn't off the Neil Brown bandwagon. I wasn't wasn't either. But I was off of this season's bandwagon real quick after that Missouri game. I really was. Well, yeah, and 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 all rights you would be. I mean, we lost thirty-eight to seven. It looked horrible. There were you. You look at the game. You thought there's no answers. There's no hope here. You had a rushing attack coming in to the NC State game last week that had put up seventy some yards, sixty some yards, two or thirty-four yards a game, something like that. And they run for one seventy-three on twenty-eight attempts at six yards a carry. Minute uh, Kennedy McCoy coming into the game, who's supposed to be the lead back this year, yes. was averaging like point nine a carry. Had like two yards rushing. Goes 10 carries, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Letty Brown coming back helps. He adds seven carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. And then some of the young guys get involved. You saw, uh, my goodness, the freshman, Winston Wright, Ollie Jennings, the transfer, Sean Ryan gets involved. And who can say enough about Sam James? He's going to be a great player. He, he has the potential. And Campbell caught another touchdown pass, yeah. won a game. <laughs> Campbell's got four catches now, three touchdowns. Uh, Sam James, nine receptions in that game, 
for 155 yards. He also had one carry for seven yards. Also had a touchdown. Unbelievable game for Sam James and an offense that looked stagnant and dead against Missouri and, and really against James Madison as well. They 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 did. They they did enough to win against James Madison all the way it just explode on what a lot of people thought was a decent team from the ACC. I still think they're a decent team. Uh, I think I said it last week. They're a young team. Um, Gibby's defense. Not impressed. Not impressed at all. He he had not gave up a touchdown coming into the game, and West Virginia puts 44 on him. I, I think NC State still makes a bowl game this year. Neil? Yeah, I mean, the ACC's wide open. Um, so, I mean, yeah, uh, they could. ACC's crazy. It is. And we'll we'll talk more about the ACC as we go through tonight's show. One question, guys, I want to pose to both of you right now. Of course, going into Saturday's game, we find out that Seals on the offensive line, he's injured. Mike Brown is sick. There goes two starters immediately off of that offensive line, which we already think is very weak. You make some changes, you switch some people around, you give some young guys some playing time, and you come up with a huge offensive performance. What does this say for Josh Seals and Mike Brown moving forward, Neil? That your job's not promised, and if you think that your job's going to be there, it's not. And that's what Neil Brown made the statement. I thought that that's what he his statement was. Don't feel comfortable thinking you're going to be on that starting line. That if your performance is not up to where we think it should be, we're going to make changes. And definitely that's what he did. And look what happened. And uh, that's without Seals and some of the other offensive linemen that had been starting in the past couple of games. Kelly, do you think... What would you do? If you're Coach Brown right now, you put in these new young guys, you change some things around. Colton McKivitz, we already know, the anchor of that offensive line. Do you give Seals and Brown the job back this week, or do you stick with what, what worked coach, last week? No, no. I mean, you got to stay with the continuity. Um, you know, Mike Brown looks good in a uniform. But as we know, Mike Brown was a very, very raw person coming in, and just because he – is a mountain of a man doesn't mean because it's all about technique and you know you can be strong you can lift weights you can lift you know as much as you can lift 500 pounds and still not use the right technique and so no i do not mess with the continuity i understand that josh sills was a preseason all big 12 offensive lineman so you play it out you start the same lineup that you started last week and then if uh something happens because we saw last year with chris with kelby wickline come in the game replace somebody do great and then the following week did horrible so we'll, we'll just we'll have to see but i would leave the continuity alone going into the start of the kansas game and there's another interesting guy to me kelby wickline is a mystery he is guys you know early the first two games of the season you're thinking oh my goodness he, he just and then this game he has a great game and even coach brown called him out on he said he had a great game probably one of his best ones well i think he understood that uh, again, like all the other players, I mean, Brown made it clear, your job is not uh, permanent here. So either you get it together 
and get this uh, blocking uh, figured out, or you're going to be sitting on the bench. I think Wickline uh, takes that to heart and uh, works on it uh, during that week, come out and had a great game. You know, and guys, another topic we, we got to talk about. We have to talk about it. What do you do with some of these young guys that are true freshmen that came in and, and provided a spark in this offense? We've already talked. Ollie Jennings, three catches during the game. He had a touchdown. You had Winston Wright get involved. He had four catches for 13 yards. Uh, guys, young guys on the defensive side, you had Kerry Martin Jr. from down at Charleston. Very limited experience on the defensive side of the ball. Comes in in relief of um, uh, the who got thrown out early Norwood. in the, Norwood early in the game and, and plays a decent game. What do you do with these red shirts? I know they can play in four games, but is is it necessary if these guys are producing now? I say burn the red shirt. You Heck keep with them. it. Yeah, yeah. We're developing depth. I mean, on that offensive line and then defensive secondary. And, you know, we almost had, uh, you know, another guy thrown out right after. Yeah, Washington. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah, Washington. Uh, it was it was close. That was very close. Uh, I know they, they talked about it, that it was, you know, he ducked down. and But he still led with the crown of his helmet. And it was definitely questionable. So we would have saw even more young players mm -hmm. if Washington gets thrown out. Looking at that defensive side of the ball, Hakeem Bailey has another big game. Nine tackles. Giovanni Stewart steps up in a big way. Guys, and then let's talk this defensive line. Because the Steels brothers they, are... They're dominating. They're the real deal. They had their motors running to the point where oh my he kept God. jumping off sides a little bit. But you know what? Yes. As much as he as energy as he had, I'm okay with a couple five-yard penalties. Yeah, yeah I agree. You look, from, from the week before, when you play at Missouri, where there just doesn't seem to be any life. And then... I mean, whatever Neil Brown did in this off the, in, in the week of practice, he got these guys motivated because it looked like a whole different team out there. They were flying around the ball, especially on the defensive end. We produce offense. Uh, unbelievable to me what they done. And Kelly, you said the the it's one of the biggest turnarounds you've seen. It is. I've been watching the Mountaineers for years. I mean, 1979, I was 10 years old. 81, I told you, the Peach Bowl with Oliver Luck was when I really, really got into it. So since 1981, Chris, I believe this is the best turnaround game that I've ever seen since I was a young boy. Uh, I mean, I was ready to give up myself, again, like you, not on Neil Brown and his coaching staff. But I really didn't see much hope for the rest of the season after the Missouri game. So I'm very impressed with the coaching staff, the young kids, and uh, the best bounce-back game, no doubt for me, by far, throughout the years of Mountaineer football for this man. You know, and I, I sat here and think, and, and I, I can remember some turnarounds, some progressive turnarounds where you stop and say, okay, you saw it at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year it was a complete different story. That takes you back to that um, – uh, our Sugar Bowl year. When you started out with the young guys, you really didn't know what you had. You started off very slow, and as the year progressed, it just got better and better and better, but never a turnaround to the point of one game looking like just give up the season and the next game looking like you're a potential bowl team. Neil, can you think of any other games out there in your Not days? really, but I, you know, you have to be really impressed with how Koning 
goes in at halftime, mm-hmm. makes his adjustments defensively, comes back out and holds his team to just two field goals. This is not the only game he did it in the Missouri game. He did it in all three. give him credit and, and James for what he's Madison. doing defensively yep. and against James Madison. Defensively. Defensively, this team has not gave up a touchdown yet in the second half. Yes. I, I'm glad Neil brought that up because I, I love adjustments. Mm-hmm. And when you don't see them, and this, this coaching staff, especially on defense and offense, I mean, but yet defensively especially, you got to love it when, when coaches make adjustments. Yeah, and, and guys, and again, I hate to beat a dead horse, okay? And, and you look back at the last eight years. Actually, you look back all the way through the Rodriguez era. That was one thing that this program has been missing since then. And that's a lot of years. That and red zone offense. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're better at that this year, too. But you look at the halftime adjustments. Okay. And and I okay, I'm not even going to beat on Dana anymore. Okay. I'm going to go back and I'm going to beat up on Rich Rod a little bit. He is not the guy that made adjustments, especially offensively. I agree hundred percent. Rodriguez would beat you with the zone read. And he lived and he died by it. Yeah. If you stopped it, <laughs> you stopped it. You and look you back don't at have that field spread open a lot of times when it shrinks, then they just never was able to have a great red zone offense. They just never did. You look back at that pit game, the one that so many of us don't talk about. You're 28 point favorites. You're down at halftime. I know Pat White's out of the game. You can't go to the locker room and adjust to beat a three win team. It's something this team. And this program has been lacking since the Rich Rodriguez era. I agree. It, it, and it's huge. It is huge. Vic Koning's defense. Uh, and you look at the totals on it. And again, I know, Neil, you've kind of brought up the rushing defense at times. 144 yards. It, it wasn't too bad uh, in, in this matchup. I thought they did much better than they had in the previous couple of games. So, Again, Koning's working on this, and it's a progress in uh, in itself, and he's doing an excellent job as defensive coordinator of getting this team ready to play, and he's working on it. And I thought that the, just the emotions, when they came out onto that field to start things off, you could just see those they, they were all fired up. That defense was. They were ready to go, and they were ready to make a statement. It didn't look like a team that just got beat 38-7 to the week no, before. That, I'm very Absolutely impressed with that. Not. Here you go, guys. Here's something else that this team's been lacking for a long time. Three sacks three ta- uh, and seven tackles for loss on the day. And the majority of those coming from Dante Steele's two sacks, two fumble, two f- tackles for loss on the game. And, and the Steele's brothers, guys, are, are just on fire. A couple deflected passes from the defensive mm-hmm. line as well. Yep, got their hands up into some passing lanes. Guys, <laughs> and then the what about special teams? Ah, special it's teams been, it's come through so big far. again. Special teams. I mean, Staley's missed a couple kicks, but I mean, overall, the special teams has been great. Block what, punt. What you know, it? you didn't get a turnover. You didn't get a turnover in the game. But to me, a block punt that you score off of, same oh, as a turnover. Absolutely. Huge play. Same as a turnover. So I, that evens out the turnover battle. And Austin you, Kendall you, at times, that, that interception was, was forced. Timmons who blocked that Timmons, kick, if I'm yes. not mistaken. But after he blocked that, they kept him out there on the offensive side of the ball, which he mm-hmm. is normally not out there too much. But I think that was his reward yeah. for blocking that yeah. punt. And Neil Brown said, no, you're going to stay out there. You go and block. you're going to play some yeah. offense for us. And I thought that was 
That was great of Neil Brown. Did you watch the block in slow-mo? No. <laughs> I didn't watch it in slow-mo, did but he you, basically did took you, it off his foot. Yeah. Did you see what happened with their shield, though? The three guys protecting. The, Timmons came right up the middle. I know he was unblocked. The guy in the middle of the shield was playing with his mouthpiece, trying to get it in his mouth, and, and the ball was snapped. No. He didn't even know the ball was snapped. I did not see that. Talk about timing. <laughs> we'll take it. Hey, we'll take it. Yeah. Big win last week for the Mountaineers, 44-27, to 27, getting you back on the winning track. Big win. Can't, can't stress enough how big of a victory that was. Guys, Big 12 play kicks off this week. We got a lot to talk about with the Kansas Jayhawks. We're going to kind of talk about how these teams are very similar at this point in the year, and I'm expecting a very exciting game in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, this upcoming week. 4.30 kickoff. Now, some of you guys want to keep in mind, television-wise, this game is streaming only on ESPN+. Broadband service here in Preston County, not the best in some places. Don't worry, we got you covered. All the live coverage of the Mountaineers in Kansas this Saturday on Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. Segment two of the Blitz, also simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. Don't forget, if you miss any of the Blitz this evening, you can catch it all week long. Plus, make sure you stay tuned at the end of the Sports Roundtable, an exclusive pick segment that you can only hear on the podcast. Segment two, and we start with my fight song of the week, rewarding the team that I thought did something very well. Surprisingly enough, it is our opponent this week, the Kansas Jayhawks. Talk about the Sooners, the Cowboys, and the Buffs. Talk about the Tiger and his tail. Talk about the Wildcat and those corn husking boys. But I'm the bird to make them weep and well. Because I'm a Jayhawk. Rock, talk, Jayhawk. It's an interesting matchup this week, guys. It is. And before we get too far involved, how much more do you want two teams to mirror each other than West Virginia and Kansas? Let's just go over a couple things that I've got pulled up here. Week one, let's just look at it, okay? West Virginia plays JMU, wins by a seven. Kansas plays Indiana State and wins by seven. Week two, neither team shows up. West Virginia loses to Missouri, 38-7. Kansas loses to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Go Chanticleers, 12-7. So we both put up seven points in week two, and then we explode on ACC teams in week three. We beat NC State 44-27. Boston College goes down to Kansas 48-24. Almost identical there, right? Get this, even more. Kansas averaging 397 yards of offense on the season. West Virginia's at 303. So they got us there a little bit. But defensively, Kansas giving up 367 yards. West Virginia giving up 359 yards a game. Two very similar teams. Very, very similar. And look who I found, guys. Aaron Host. You showed up. I thought drop in. 
<laughs> At least he was able to make an appearance. Exactly. I he he showed up. He's not taking the bye week, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly was on a bye week. We thought maybe you took a bye week this week. No, not this week. Maybe in weeks to come, but not this week. <laughs> Aaron, uh, we talked about NC State last segment. Go ahead and fill us in what you thought about this past week's uh, West Virginia, the big win against the Wolfpack. Well, I watched, I was able, lucky enough to watch it from the work I was at. Um, just watching that game, it was one of the most complete games I've saw in Mountaineer recent history. I mean, yeah. special teams, offense, defense. Uh, offense was a little bit choppy with uh, Kendall's interceptions, but the running game was very prevalent in that game. That's one uh, great thing I was glad to see. It looked like the offensive line was a, a lot more aggressive than in games past. And I think the turning point in that game was definitely that punt block. Mm-hmm. If, I, if you didn't get that punt block, I mean, it was a, it was a close game at the point of that punt, punt block, and you got that touchdown off of the punt block where you're able to score on the next drive. I think it was definitely a momentum and game changer, and I think it's, it just goes in line with what a lot of us have already said this year. As this team progresses throughout the year, I'm not saying we're going to beat Oklahoma or beat Texas. But we're definitely going to be more competitive as the season goes on. And last game was no different. Now you're going up against Kansas. I think it'll be a very tightly contested matchup. Kansas, it's their Big 12 opener. It's our Big 12 away opener. So it's going to be an important game. And I think this game here is going to be the telltale for a lot of the season because you're playing an evenly matched Big 12 team. And if the Mountaineers would have lost last last week, I think a lot of us would have been done with the season because you guys we would start off one and two instead of two and one. So you got a completely different outlook on the season right now because of the win and how we played, and you're feeling a lot more confident going into this game. Hey, I, I want to congratulate you you because I did congratulate Neil in uh, the first segment. You and Neil did not give up on this team. You, you thought. That, that they could win against NC State, and they do, making you guys look like geniuses. And me and Kelly, we just look like those fair-weather guys that hang out, you know, sometimes and talk some football. I'll be the first I missed to eat crow, and it tasted really good. <laughs> hey, I, I'll take it this way. I would much rather pick West Virginia and be disappointed that way than – no, let me restate that. I would rather pick the other team and West Virginia win – and be disappointed that my pick was wrong, then pick West Virginia and lose and be p- disappointed yeah, that way. Yeah. Well, you were <laughs> thinking about that meal that you could win at the end of the season if you get your picks right. Well, you know, <laughs> it's still close. It's anybody's game. We got a lot of football to play. That's yeah. right, guys. One more thing I want to point out about that NC State game. We're sitting here. We're we're patting everybody on the back, and we we got to pat one more thing. When's the last time you saw? Our four-minute offense looks so good. That end of the quarter drive in the second quarter going into halftime, leave 30 seconds on the clock, just drive right down the field, take it all the time off. How many times in the past would we have said, we're either going to score or we're going to go three and out? And it was an actual four-minute offense that was ran to perfection. The way the end of the game was handled, which we'll get into a little more. In our Chris, next segment, we, 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 you and I talked uh, earlier uh, before we came on the show a couple of days ago, but we were talking about how they picked up their tempo at times. Mm-hmm. They was able to get 
North Carolina State's defense uh, offsides because of that. But it was. But then they were able to slow it down at yeah. times. They do. They do an excellent job of when they need to speed it up. They speed it up. When they want to slow it down, mm-hmm. they slow it down. Yeah, they do. It, it, it's unbelievable the pace of the game that that they put out. The game plan was well perfected and well executed on Saturday. Now here comes the Mad Hatters. The Mad Hatters, old Les Miles. And boy, guys, he's doing those Les Miles kind of things. There's one thing you can say over Les Miles over the years is this. They are very physical. They're going to be physical. But you never know what you're going to get. And I think that's one of the things that led to the demise of Les Miles at LSU. Well, he's kind of like Mac Brown as at North Carolina. I mean, he's got that... He's got that sense of winning tradition, and I think that's what you saw with Kansas against Boston College. He wasn't going to let his team just start to falter after that horrible loss to Coastal Carolina. He got his team ready to go, and they went into Boston College, and they made a statement win. They had won a a, a game on the road in 48 road games. Against Power 5. <laughs> against, against Power, power five. 5 teams. That's That's – until Les Miles comes in. So Les Miles is making a statement as a head coach that he's still got it, and he does. Guys, let's start to look at this Kansas team. And the thing that stands out to me the most when we're talking about Kansas is that dual-headed monster they have in the backfield that has eaten us up in the last few years. You look back to two years ago, last time we went to Lawrence, Khalil Herbert came in and had a record day. We made that dude look like a Heisman Trophy winner. Last year, Puka Williams comes in, and he's able to keep that game a lot closer than it really should have been and just ran through this West Virginia defense. Great running back. Now you look at Herbert this year. Herbert leads the team in rushing, 36 carries, 357 yards, and two touchdowns. On the year, when you throw in Puka Williams' numbers as well, this team is averaging well over 200 yards rushing a game. This is a run first, less miles, I'm going to pound you kind of offense. And in the past, that hasn't usually equated to success for West Virginia. Thoughts on this Kansas running game, Kelly Gamble? Because I know that you've been worried about old Puka for a uh, while I mean, now. <laughs> I mean, in the past, but I do believe this defense is a different type of defense. And, and a lot of the yards we've gave up uh, was to the quarterback in the first couple games, uh, you know, kind of broken plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have gave up a little bit up the middle at times, but I think this is a just a much better defense than what we've seen in years past. So, uh, yeah, there's no doubt that they are very talented, but I think that this West Virginia team will stop the run, make them beat us in the air, and, uh, you know, and, and – like you said earlier, our defensive backs has played well this year to this point. And uh, Kelly Bryant did not put up Heisman-type numbers against us. So I think that the defense will, will play well overall. And, again, I I don't know if I was ready to, to pick the Mountaineers at all after <laughs> the first two games of the year. But uh, I'm very impressed with this coaching staff and looking forward to it. And I do think that we will fare well against the run. Kansas's quarterback, Stanley, 53-75, 588 on the year, five touchdowns, Three interceptions already this year. Uh, And, and, you know, coming into last week's game, Aaron, it was very obvious early on. West Virginia's defensive scheme was take away the run, 
make them beat you with the pass. And, and you can probably expect the same thing this week. Now, does that very aggressive defensive line that we've seen last week against the Wolfpack, can they do the same thing against Kansas's D offensive line and be able to stop these two very good running backs of Kansas? The Mountaineers will definitely have to gauge what they can and cannot do, and I think you'll see the testing out phase probably in the first to middle of the second quarter. If you're seeing that Puka Williams is just beating you on the run, you're definitely going to have to change up your defensive scheme, and you've seen that in the last three games, even in the Missouri game, that Vic Coning is known for changing everything around in the second half, and it seems to work to perfection. With that being said, Kansas is definitely a team that's not going to beat you in the air. With mm. the, way our, the way our defensive backfields played this year, if we're able to shut down the run, we're going to shut down that offense. I don't know how it's going to work in weeks to come when you're facing teams that are pass first. Um, but I think definitely in this game here, if you're able to shut down those two, the, the two-headed monster right there, and force this guy that has shown inconsistency at the quarterback position already throwing three interceptions – you're definitely going to have a lot more of a legitimate chance to overpower that offensive scheme, and you're going to have them off the field quicker. You're going to have that Big 12 defense out there quicker, which they're known to give up a lot of passing yards, and that's what happens. You'll wear that team down so quick to where that Kansas defense is on the field more than ours, and they'll just be burnt out by the third quarter, and I think that's how West Virginia, not giving away my pick, will. I see which way you're leaning. <laughs> I have a good feeling if you took NC State, if you took us against NC State last week, you're you're taking us again to this week against Kansas. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, All, right. Giving it away. All right. You're giving it away. Neil Waldeck, I, I ask you this question. Um, okay. Aaron points it out. We're going into Big 12 play. We, we know these Big 12 defenses and what it's been in the past. Do you think in the very short time that Les Miles has been there, have they developed a defensive backfield enough to be more physical than they have in the past? Because they have put up, had big numbers put up against them in the past few years, just like every other Big 12 team has. Do you think we see West Virginia start to air it out a little more this week and maybe lay off the running game? Because we've heard Neil Brown said, I heard him say it today in an interview, we're going to do what it takes to win. So do you think at some point, maybe even this game, we see Austin Kendall and some of these new freshman receivers go to the air a little more? Uh, I think you're going to see what you saw against North Carolina State. You're gonna He's going to do a whole bunch of different things to get this team um, to move the football to pick up first downs, whether it's uh, get the ball into James's uh, hands or I think you're going to see some passes to um, the, the freshman right and Jennings, uh, and get those uh, guys involved. Uh, the only one that I'm, I'm still I haven't seen yet is Haskins. I'd like to see mm-hmm. a little bit more of the tight end. But other than that, I think you're just going to see what you saw against North Carolina State. Mix it up. Don't let uh, keep the defense uh, out of sync. I guess you could say for Kansas. Has uh, Haskins better blocking game last week? He did. He had a much better blocking game. One note to keep in mind. Tevin Bush was absent. He was serving a team suspension. 
last week against NC State. That's why we see Winston Wright step in. And, Kelly, I'm going to ask this question to you again. Here you go. Tevin Bush, big plays in the first couple games. Who do we see more of, Tevin Bush or Winston Wright? I think you start off again with your same lineup that you did last week. Bring him in. I mean, he's a weapon. You use him, but do you have to start him? I mean, he got suspended, so... You know, let the kids play that have proved it in practice, and then, you know, you can still insert him into the game and game situations. And But, no, I think you do not lose your cohesiveness from what they had last week. Go with your same lineup and then insert accordingly. Well, guys, it's going to be very interesting. And once again, 4.30 kickoff Saturday afternoon. Neil, that means we're on the air when? One o'clock. He just holds up a finger. A man of many words. One o'clock airtime. Thing to keep in mind, folks, this game is streaming only on ESPN+. Plus. You will not be able to find it on your television. You will have to stream it. If you do not have the internet capability of doing that, please turn in. We got you covered right here on Preston County's Mountaineer Station beginning at 1 p.m. Game beginning at 430 in the afternoon, West Virginia, Kansas, this Saturday. And welcome back to the Blitz, also simulcast on the Sports Roundtable podcast. You can find that at our website, kcountryradio.com. You can also find it on Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio. Who am I forgetting, Aaron? Tune in radio. Tune in radio as well. You miss anything from tonight's show, check us out on the podcast each and every week. It's the Sports Roundtable podcast once again. And check it out. Also, five bonus picks at the very end of the show. Hey, Chris, yeah. I just wanted to, you know, inform people that, you know, unless you stream, do you stream a lot? I only stream. You only stream. Well, I, I, I did rid of the, the cable cable uh business i'm going to say a lot of people though don't yeah and so we're going to be the only station giving you mountaineer action so people need to tune in uh, this saturday because we got all the action we'll find out how the mountaineers uh do tune in to tony creedy and uh the the staff there as they bring the game and it all gets underway at one o'clock uh, saturday afternoon kickoff at 4 30 you can only hear it right here on 96 7 k country you know kids today man let me tell you what, kids today did not have our struggles from back in the day. Because I can remember when I was a kid and there was only three college football games on a week and you had to turn on the radio yes. to get your Mountaineers. That's Same right. thing this week. If you can't stream the game, which a lot of people in this area do not have the internet capability to do so. That's right then you're going to have to turn on the radio. And yes. we've got you covered in Preston County, the only station here in Preston County providing you full coverage of the West Virginia University Mountaineers, and that comes in big this week. Neil, I almost forgot. It's time. It's that time, man. It is the Neil Waldeck Song of the Week, and I've got it figured out. Don't tell me, oh, Neil. you think you got it figured out, I know out, what huh? it is. Because we played the Tigers earlier in the year, and every time we play a team called the Tigers, Neil goes with Eye of the Tigers. So <laughs> I am going to guess that this week's Neil Waldeck Song of the Week is Kansas Dust in the Wind. I'm correct, aren't I? No, you're wrong. I got to do one for you. I'm wrong? Yeah, you're wrong on this one. Oh, my. Uh, Neil, what is this? I got... John Ryder, and this is called. Two. Would you like to try that again? John Ryder. John Ryder. Yes. Are you sure it's not Josh Ritter? 
Oh, well, Josh, John, we're all the same. I was thinking of his brother, John. <laughs> his brother, Johnny, seriously. Yeah, because they're brothers. They sing together. Well, Neil, this is putting us to sleep, and I still have no idea why it's Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas is the name of the song. You, did, you didn't hear the words? It hasn't said it yet. Well, hold on. We're, will. Hold on. We're, wait, we're getting to the chorus. Okay, get to the hold good on. point. Oh, good point. To leave my state of mind. I think he's getting to it. Okay. I think he's getting there. Trying to leave Still not. Awful but it's sad. It's real sad. It is a sad song because Lawrence, Kansas, there it was. There it is. It's going to be sad because when we get done with them, they're all going to be sad in Lawrence, Kansas when we leave. <laughs> oh. As you know, that means a, a WVU victory. It's It never surprises me why and what we hear in that segment right there. The Neil Waldeck Song of the Week from John or Josh Ryder or Ritter. Well, the one Josh of the and two. John brother writers, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. Guys, something that um, drew a little bit of attention my way during last week's game that I would love to get your opinion on. And that was the kneeling of the ball on the extra point very late in the game. Now, a lot of theories on it, and I loved the announcer's reaction on the television broadcast when they said Neil Brown was playing chestnut checkers. That was a great analogy because it's it's just numbers, right? At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. And when you're up 15 points... Or no, you're up, how many was it? Seven. It was, it was up 17. 17. However, if they would have gave up a block kick or they would have returned it, it would have been 15, which would have made it a two-possession two game yeah. instead of a three. So you stick with the, the three-possession and you don't need the kick. Let me also offer up a couple ways you could read this. And maybe I'm just reading too much into this situation. Okay, so Neil Brown says it's a whole numbers thing. Could it have been a show of sportsmanship saying, I don't need the extra point? Or is it kind of, okay, drop the mic, I just beat you, ha-ha kind of deal? Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I really think he's thinking numbers. Numbers? Yeah. Just strictly playing chess, not checkers? I, at yeah. first, I thought he was just being polite. I mean, I, I'll be yeah, honest that's with what you. I, I didn't originally know until thought. after the game and after I heard about it, about the fact of, and it makes sense. I mean, two possession, three possession, it really makes sense. But at the time, I thought, why would he do that? And you think, strange things happen on extra points in they college do. football. Yeah. But I didn't I mean, think we, about it until they gave the explanation. You look at the big turning point in the James Madison game. What was it? It was a block field goal from very short distance. Aaron Host, your thoughts on Neil Brown kneeling an extra point late in the game. When I was watching, I was like, what was that? I was like, did Groudon get a bad snap? He's just like, he's like, I'm going to just burn it. But then he, hearing Neil Brown's explanation, he is kind of – he well, obviously he's right. He's the head coach on this one. But say if something weird would have happened, that kick would have been blocked, NC State would have returned to clear back for uh, – turn back to the end zone, it would have been uh, – what was it? It been a 13-point game. Yeah. It been a 13-point game and would have turned it from – instead yeah. of a two-score, instead it, of a It would be score. a two-possession game instead of a three-possession So game. I kind of understand why yeah. he's like, play it safe, end it here. Get out, get out of the stadium with a win. Because I forget how much time was left when that happened. It wasn't much, but still, you're one quick score and an onside kick away 
from a whole different story if they block that thing and return it for two points. I'm the old man here. I've saw a lot of crazy things happen. <laughs> hey, I, I think back to that Michigan-Michigan State game just a few yeah. years ago. All they got to do is get the punt off, right? And it gets blocked and returned. Remember the West Virginia-Miami game years ago? Oh, my. I sure do, Chris. I was there. Yeah, when, when all you got to do is get the punt off, it gets blocked through the end zone for a safety and you lose. Yeah, I, I, Strange things happen in, on special teams. But, All the time. But Brown Brown's a coach that is always thinking ahead of the game. I, even though I think there was like two or three minutes left in the contest, and you're thinking, Yeah, but quick, why? Sc- quick score but, and an onside kick. That's it. If that's it's right. a two-possession game, that's all it takes. I mean, that's you all think about it. You, you block that field goal, then that team has momentum, mm-hmm. and the, all the excitement goes towards them, and they could easily get back into the game. And I could see Neil Brown and why he chose to just kneel the football. Guys, let's talk a little bit about national college football, a little Big 12 football from last week as well. Iowa State, guys. Um, and we were all big on Iowa State. I had them playing in the championship. Uh, Aaron back here had them winning it. I didn't. Uh, you guys were big, but not as big as that. I, I love Campbell, but I, no, I didn't have him in the What's championship. What's going on there? What you know? You you barely beat Northern Iowa. It took you triple overtime. You have a week off to prepare for a rivalry game. College game days there. I understand you had two hours worth of weather delays, but you lay an egg and lose. And this is supposed Iowa, to be your year. I, I just feel like Iowa's defense is always they're one of the few teams that has a defense in college football and uh, <laughs> so uh, you know I like defense Chris so that's one of the reasons I took I don't know Iowa State's not playing as well as they should know they lost Montgomery and they're just the running game is not but you still got Brock Purdy I, I mean you still got your quarterback who was excellent last year but I think he complimented that running game that you had now you have no running game whatsoever Aaron, now you, now you chose – I chose them to be in the Big 12 championship. You chose them to win. Is there any way in your mind Iowa State gets this thing turned around? They haven't lost a game in league play yet. With the losses they've already suffered or the loss they have already suffered in the way they played and the tight competition that's up against them, I made that pick – Providing the fact I was believing you that Jalen Hurts wasn't going to be that good. I've seen his numbers. Seeing his numbers. He has not played anybody. He hasn't. Well, let's wait till Jalen Hurts plays somebody. Then my theory will be proven. Okay. But, anyways, that is the reason I changed my pick. And, I mean, even with that being said, you can look at Oklahoma State's quarterback. He's putting up real good numbers. Oklahoma State's not as down as what we think they are. I think they're definitely better than Iowa State if they went up head-to-head right now. Texas is leaps and bounds over them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think even at the level Iowa State's playing right now, I think WVU can beat them in Morgantown. Hey, in Morgantown, yeah, because Iowa State doesn't look good. Now, Oklahoma State, Texas this week, guys. That's on your pick sheet. We'll talk about that in a little bit. TCU-SMU should be a very interesting game in the Big 12 as well. Uh, another out-of-conference game to talk about a little bit later. Guys, what's going on with the ACC? Okay, we saw NC State. We saw Boston College. Maryland puts up 63 against Syracuse and then loses to Temple. Uh, North Carolina, we were very high on them. They beat South Carolina. They beat Miami. They lose to Wake Forest. Neil says parody. Just a lot of parody in that in that league. 
Do you think that league Clemson outside of Clemson? Yeah. Do you Pretty. think there is another real legitimate football team in that conference? No. No. Yeah, I, I don't see one. Aaron Host, ACC. What do you think? It's uh, it's the laughing stock of college mm. football right now. I mean, Florida State yeah. is horrible. Uh, and, you know, oh, Virginia's yeah. getting uh, credit for being good because they beat Florida State and Pitt. Pitt hung on against Penn State, but I doubt how good Penn State is this year. I don't think Penn State's quite the same. Yeah. Big showdown in the Big Ten, Michigan-Wisconsin. We're going to pick that game here in just a few. Guys, we're going to take another break. When we come back, it is our pick six segment of the show where we will pick six of the top games in college football. Don't forget Mountaineer football, 4.30 Saturday. Tune in 1 o'clock for the pregame show, and the game is streaming only. So we might be your only place to hear or see. Not really. Mountaineer football this weekend. We are Preston County's Mountaineer Station, 96.7 K-Country. And welcome back to the Blitz being simulcast on the Sports Roundtable Podcast. I'm Chris Westfall, alongside Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host, talking football with the boys. And we're getting ready to pick some games, the biggest games in college football Guys, last week was a little weak schedule-wise, but this week we're starting to dig in. We got some conferences starting play, got some very intriguing top 25 matchups as well. Real quick, let's update the standings from last week. After three weeks of competition, last week, three ties in the room. Neil, Aaron, and Kelly all went seven and four. Seven and four. I followed up my ten and one week with a six and five. I took some upsets. I was trying to really pull ahead. Didn't happen for me. Even though I did take Arizona over Texas Tech, got I some would, of you. If on I that. wouldn't have picked Kentucky over Florida, which Kentucky only lost by a touchdown, yeah, I would have went eight and four. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand hey, grenades, my friend. To the Oregon game with that, Derek. Come on. <laughs> so, okay. Overall, Neil Waldeck has a four-game lead on Kelly. Has a three-game lead on myself and Aaron. We're tied for second. Kelly is in third. As we start our pick six segment of the week, and make sure you tune in to the Sports Roundtable podcast, where we will pick five more games. Right after this. Let's start Friday night again. A lot of good Friday night games here lately. USC guys, boy, they're a mystery, aren't they? And they got beat by BYU in overtime last week. And all of a sudden, in that Pac-12 conference, Utah very quietly doing their business and is up to number 10 in the the polls right now. 3-0. Traveling to USC to take on the Trojans at 2-1. and one. We go to our leader, Neil Waldeck. You first. Well, I like uh, Utah in this matchup. I think Utah has an excellent defense, and uh, they're playing really good football right now. I like Utah Utes in this matchup with USC. Kelly Gamble. I agree. Utah is one of those teams, too, in college football that plays some defense, so uh, I think they slow USC down. Aaron Host. Utah. And I will go with the foursome on this one. USC I, I, is favored, by the way. Yes, they are, which is odd because so they look bad. Yeah, all four of us going with Utah. I guess we disagree with the guys in the desert. Moving to Saturday. Big matchup in the Big Ten. Two top 15 teams. Number 11 Michigan, who struggled 
with Army just a couple weeks ago. Travels to Camp Randall to take on them Wisconsin Badgers, ranked number 13, also 2-0 on the season. Both teams coming off an off week early in the season to prepare for this one. Kelly Gamble, your thoughts? I think they have trouble stopping Wisconsin's running game as well, taking the Badgers at home. Aaron Host, me and you had Michigan in the our Final Four. Will you stick with the Wolverines? I'm going to have to change my pick on this one and go with the Wisconsin Badgers just of how the Wisconsin Badgers have played so consistently this year. So I am theoretically taking an upset here, even though there are only a couple. It's I think it's even match. Kelly Gamble stuck with his Oregon Ducks early in the year. He paid for it. I took Michigan in my final four, and I'm not backing down either. I'm going to stick with them. I go Michigan. Neil Waldeck. I like the Badgers in this matchup. I think uh, they got the home field advantage, so Wisconsin uh, escapes with a win. Top 25 matchup in the SEC West. Number eight, Auburn travels to Aggieland to take on Texas A&M. Guys, we've seen both of these teams against good football teams. Auburn and Oregon and Texas A&M got mauled by them Clemson Tigers. However, even though Auburn came out on top of Oregon, I was not impressed. Oregon should have put them away. Texas A&M ran into a buzzsaw against Clemson. I think Texas A&M bounces back at home and beats Auburn. Aaron Host. I agree with you. Kelly Gamble. I also agree. I think Jimbo gets his biggest win to date. And Neil. I'm going with the Tigers in this one. I like Auburn. I think that uh, they got a lot of confidence off that big win over Oregon. Mm, The leader. Here's our chance, guys. We can get something back on him. Let's go down to the Big 12 Conference. TCU jumps into the top 25 this week. Hosting an old rival of theirs in SMU. 3-0 on the season. SMU, great offensive team. Going to put up some numbers. Can Gary Patterson's defense slow these guys down? Neil Waldeck. I do believe uh, TCU will be a little bit too much for SMU. Should be a close game and an exciting one at that. Kelly Gamble. Frogs over the ponies. Aaron Host. Going with the Horned Frogs. You know, I almost took an upset here. Almost did. Here's the reason why. TCU's quarterback play, eh. SMU's can move, put up some points. I don't know if TCU can stay with these guys. I'm, I'm thinking defensively they slow them down a little bit and they escape with a victory. I'll take TCU as well. Big 12 football, primetime ABC Saturday night. The Oklahoma State Cowboys travel to Austin to take on the 12th-ranked Texas Longhorns. Longhorns bounced back last week with lesser competition after that loss to LSU. Kelly Gamble, I'll go to you first in this Big 12 showdown. I think Texas Texas wins, but I think it's going to be close. I'm taking Texas. I think it's going to be a closer than what people think. I think maybe we underestimated. I think I, I know I did. Oklahoma State a little bit in the preseason. I still think Texas survives with a win playing at home. Remember how close this game last year was in Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be a real good one. Aaron Host. I hate to say this. I'm picking Texas, but as always, horns down. <laughs> and Neil Waldeck. I'm taking Texas in this one as well. 
And to finish off our pick six segment tonight, we go to Lawrence, Kansas. Once again, game time this Saturday is scheduled for 4.30 on ESPN+. Plus. That is streaming only. If you cannot catch the game on TV, which I know a lot of you won't be able to here in the Preston County area, make sure you have your radio ready. 1 o'clock pregame, Tony Caridi and the play call coming your way 4.30 for West Virginia and Kansas. Aaron Host, let's start with you tonight. Your thoughts and who will win West Virginia, Kansas. You kind of gave it away earlier in the show. Well, obviously, Q Country Roads. I think the Mountaineers, just like last week's game, that's going to be a filling out process in the first half. I think the Mountaineers are going to come up with some big plays. Neil Brown has made it adamant that he is going to step up special teams play, and you have seen it. I think the Mountaineers are going to pull away in the second half. I'm calling 35-20. Neil Waldeck, you went with West Virginia last week. You and Aaron both. So I I'm have a hunch you're taking the Mountaineers over Kansas this week. Oh, yeah. I think if the Mountaineers play as they did against North Carolina State, they should uh, be able to calculate a win. And I'm looking at uh, West Virginia 37, Kansas 31. Kelly Gamble, you told me in the parking lot before we started talking football on the radio tonight, that before last week's game, you weren't going to pick the Mountaineers again this season, and I kind of agreed with you. I I remember that too. Yeah, no, I, I did say that, and I actually, I, I mean, again, it had no effect on the coaching staff. I'm looking forward to the Neil Brown era. So have you changed your mind? Missouri game, it was that bad. But you know, the fact that they lost to Coastal Carolina, and then they turn it around against BC. But I I think that Neil Brown and his coaching staff has definitely Again, the bounce back was the biggest I've ever seen. I'm going with the Mountaineers 31-27. My big concern here, uh, okay, and this is my biggest concern, not even Puka, not even Khalil Herbert, not even the running backs for Kansas. My biggest concern in this game is back on the road. This team has not, they've only had one road game. I understand that. But they did not perform well. They did not show up in that game. I'm hoping, knowing this is the Big 12 opener and we figured some things out last week, that that changes. But that does worry me, is how this team will develop in playing on the road. I think West Virginia finds a way not to shut down Kansas's running game, but I think they slow it enough with some adjustments to beat Kansas. I think we do enough offensively with, I think, a lesser defense even, than what NC State played. I think we find some ways to open that offense up a little more, even get Tevin Bush involved. I think West Virginia wins. I think they got them by 10. I'm going West Virginia 34, Kansas 24. would like to invite everybody over to the Sports Roundtable podcast. We've got five more exclusive picks coming up for you over there. So check out the podcast for those picks. Until next week, I'm Chris Westfall. For Neil Waldeck, Kelly Gamble, and Aaron Host, this has been The Blitz on K-Country. Hey, and welcome back. This is the Sports Roundtable podcast, simulcast with The Blitz from 96.7 K-Country in good old Preston County, West Virginia. I'm Chris Westfall, your host. Neil Waldeck is in Studio B alongside Kelly Gamble, and I got Aaron Host here with me for our, ex- our exclusive Sports Roundtable edition of picks. Big week in college football. Number 23, California. 
in the top 25. Nobody expecting that at the beginning of the year. Travels to Mississippi to take on the Rebels. Shaky start for Ole Miss. Starting to get things going. They're 2-1 and one coming up off that opening week loss to Memphis. Neil Waldeck, our leader, I'll go to you first. Give me that Rebel yell. Woo! I like Ole Miss in this matchup over Cal. Upset. I don't know if that was a Rebel yell, but I like the upset. <laughs> Kelly Gamble, California and Mississippi. I struggled with that one the most, but I also think that it's too tough for the Pac-12 team. I don't think California is as good as what they're getting credit for right now, but uh, I'm taking Mississippi. Aaron Host. I'm going to go with California Golden Bears. California stays undefeated, says the Aaron host. I'm also going Mississippi in this one. I think SEC outpowers the Pac-12. Guys, Central Florida last week got their chance to take on one of the big boys. Okay? They don't get to do it often. But credit to them for seeing the future and starting to schedule these Power 5 teams. They took care of business against Stanford last week. They had them at home now. So we got to go on the road this week and take on another Power 5 team. Ranked number 15. Guys, I saw something this week. If Central Florida can beat Pitt, okay, two Power 5 teams, something they haven't done, if they can stay undefeated and win their conference championships, their odds of making the playoff this year are better than any other chance they've had so far. So this is a very important game to Central Florida as they travel up to Pittsburgh, who could be licking their wounds a little bit after falling in a very close game to the rival Penn State last week. Kelly Gamble to Central Florida pull it off. They do. Uh, I think that Pitt will slow them down a little bit, uh, but I believe that Central Florida is a real deal. Aaron? I will not pick Pitt. Okay. Hey, that's usually a good philosophy to have. I will never pick good. Pitt. Hey, I went, I went Stanford last week. I, I just thought maybe Central Florida might be a little down. But, guys, it, it looks like they're just fine. And I'm very interested to see what happens if they can run the table after beating two Power 5 schools. I'll go Central Florida this week. Neil? Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Pitt's got some answers after that uh, tough loss at uh, Penn State, whether they should have went for it there at the goal line. Um you know, yeah. that's a question a lot of people is wondering about Coach Narduzzi and whether what call he made there. So I think Central Florida comes in. They're riding high on that win over Stanford. They come in and knock them off. Number 22, Washington. 2-1 and one on the season with their only loss being to California. Week one, okay? They opened up in conference play. Traveled to this year's Cardiac Kids. BYU in the last two weeks went on the road and beat Tennessee in triple overtime. And they get USC at home last week and win in overtime again. Can BYU pull off another upset this week, Aaron Host? You know, I this was probably the hardest game I had to pick. And I'm, I'm going to go with the BYU, but I'm not totally sold on them. This one okay. could be one. I wouldn't be surprised if I'd get a loss on this one. All right, but you're taking BYU. I am going to go with Washington. I like Chris Peterson. I think he gets the job done traveling out to a very tough place to play in BYU. Neil Waldeck. I like BYU in this matchup. I think they got a lot of confidence coming off that win over uh, USC, and they're at home, and I think they uh, escape with another win over Washington. Kelly Gamble. I like defense. 
<laughs> I'll say there's not a lot of defense, but no, Washington not. also plays defense. I'm taking Washington. Okay, split decision on that, splitting the room up a little bit. Hey, we saw Kentucky lose to Florida last week. We saw Mississippi State lose to Kansas State. Watch out for Kansas yeah. State yeah. under first-year head coach. Hey, man, hey, they might have something cooking. Who wins here? Kentucky, Mississippi State, in Starkville, Neil Waldeck. I like uh, Mississippi State. I think Kentucky is going to be – they're suffering after that loss to Florida at home. So uh, I think Mississippi State uh, wins this one. Kelly Gamble. I watched the end of the Kentucky game, and I thought they should have beat Florida. But mm. uh, somehow, some way, Mississippi State pulls it out. Aaron Host liked Kentucky last week, like Kansas State last week. Who do you like in this one? You going to hang with Kentucky? I liked Kentucky last week because they were in Kentucky. I do not like Kentucky this week because they're not in Kentucky. Okay. Going with Mississippi State. Yep. Guys, I just think Kentucky lost too much. I think Mississippi State, I I think Kansas State might have been a little underestimated this year. I'm going with Mississippi State. Guys, Our final game, and if you can think back to last year, my goodness, what a good football game this was, and I bet you it lives up to it again this year. Checked online today. The average price for tickets, average price of tickets in Athens, Georgia this weekend is $650 for a ticket. That is average. And it's all because Notre Dame is coming to town. Ranked number 7-2-0, the Fighting Irish looking to bounce back into the college football playoff again this year. They're going to have to go through number three, Georgia, to be able to do it. Guys, let's see. Let's see. I'm staring down. I'll go first. I'm going to take Georgia. I, I don't think Notre Dame has what they have last year. I don't think it's going to be as good of a game either. Neil Waldeck. I agree. I think Georgia will be way too much for, for Notre Dame in this one. Kelly Gamble. I agree. And... Aaron Host. The Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, easily. I, I think everybody kind of sold on Georgia. I think there's a lot of question marks at Notre Dame now that we're going to get into some actual football play. Guys, we, we usually have a good laugh during the podcast time. Uh, everything business as usual this week. Anything with last thoughts as we close out the show? I got something. Aaron's got something good. So I don't know if you guys talked about it in uh, the opening segment because I was you, you were absent. I was absent, and I and I was watching the Neil Brown press conference, and we all know what happened last week going on with high school football in the state of West Virginia. The sad thing that happened. Neil Brown came out with a flannel shirt. He came out with that flannel maroon and kind of a silverish collar. Mm. He done that because of that player. Yeah, and, and, and I, I I just now got that. I didn't under. It took me forever, but I just. I don't we, think you would have ever seen Dana do that. No, I don't think you would. And we did mention the incident down in Rowan County last week. Kelly Gamble, you got some to add? What about the uniforms? You guys like them? Which first uniform? time we ever saw the uniforms for the Mountaineers. That's the first time they've had that combination. No, we've had that before. I thought they said it was the first no, new combination no, that we've seen. No. It was the first untraditional converse, uh, combination of the Neil Brown era. New, okay, Neil because Brown. Because okay. he went very traditional in the opening two weeks. Myself, I love the gold helmets, gold too. uniforms, blue pants. That's I, what I want to say. I, probably, love the, I love the gold helmets. It's probably my second favorite combination. I'm an all-white guy. I love those all-whites. Neil, final thought? Uh, 
you know, uh, will we see any um, surprises in college football this week? Oh, we'll see plenty. I mean, uh, what was your <laughs> thoughts on the uh, Temple-Maryland game? Hey, I got to tell you, okay, um, my stepdad, he he's from Maryland. Big Maryland fan. And for the for all preseason, every preseason, Ron Ron's always like, man, we're going to be good this year. We're going to be good. And I, I got to tell you, for two weeks he had me believing. He had me believing. How do you go from putting up 79-63 to under 20 against Temple? I don't know. Maryland was my surprise team this year, too. I thought they'd be good. It's a baffling thing. A lot of baffling things last week. So, so we may see some more this week. Then. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Definitely. It's college football. That's and why I you gotta it. love college exactly. football, right? We're we're not the boring pros that you can predict. You know, most everything that's going to happen. We're college football. You gotta love it. And I hope you have enjoyed the podcast this evening. Make sure you check us out next week. Sports Roundtable podcast simulcast with the Blitz.